We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Uh, joined at you again uh, after a couple days. Uh, we did the Wednesday uh, Wednesday podcast. Now we're back. I'm Scott Jenstead, joined as always by Andrew Laird. If you could please rate and review the podcast, that would be fantastic. It goes a long way towards helping us, helping people find the podcast, which is greatly appreciated. Andrew, happy day after Thanksgiving. How are uh, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Stuffed still. Um, I came this close to having pumpkin pie for breakfast, though, so maybe I'm not uh, actually as stuffed as I thought I was. But I, um, you look uh, you look awake. You look very cleanly shaven. You look like you're like you're ready for this today. <laughs> I I did shave yesterday. I shave about once a week, uh, and it's usually like. Friday night, Saturday, like around then, which is why I'm usually uh, a little sure, scruffy. That's, that, that's, that's a normal schedule for everybody. I'm going to shave at the end of the work week. Yeah, I, uh, well, my work week's kind of seven days. Right. So I, <laughs> it's, just, it's really uh, the whenever it gets long enough where I'm like scratching Annoyed. my neck. Yeah. Uh, and for Thanksgiving, I figured maybe I'll just actually shave today. And um, there you go. my wife prefers, I think my wife would want me to shave every day. And I once shaved like two days in a row and I cut myself in like 14 places. And I'm like, would you prefer this? And the answer <laughs> was no. And so <laughs> shaving two days in a row is a miserable experience. I it's uh, I, like I said, I did it like relatively recently and I almost killed myself. And so now that's out of, off the table. 
Well, I guess I should say, everybody, you're welcome for the Will Fuller call yesterday. And uh, you're really, I'm really, really, really sorry about uh, Antonio Gibson, who uh, scored like seven times against the Dallas defense. And you know, we talked about how if they get a lead, they're going to use them a lot. And boy, did they get a lead, and boy, did they use them a lot. That was uh, that was uh, a little rough to watch. It was uh, Will Fuller was a lot of fun though. That was uh, that was good, and then it kind of went sideways. And obviously, the uh, the podcast got a little messed up because they canceled the uh, the Ravens Steelers game. But and I wanted to actually start with that. I think that like this is we're at the time right now where almost any game is kind of at risk right now. Like just this morning, two seconds ago, uh, the Broncos said they had a player and two staffers that tested positive um, for COVID nineteen. I think it's it's one of those things like you've got to be checking Sunday morning like up until the deadline, you know, with your lineups. Now, if you play season long, I know we're not season long podcast, but you play season long, like you got to have backups everywhere right now because there's stuff getting canceled. It's it's really running rampant. The NFL is just like ducking right now to not have games canceled. The, the Steelers-Ravens game has not been canceled yet. We were just talking beforehand about some you know, reporters trying to figure out what's going to happen with that game. It has not been canceled yet. We're going to treat it on this podcast like they're going to play the game. Um, my honest opinion is and I just don't think it's going to happen. But the NFL is trying to push through. They have no place to move this game really. Um, so we're going forward on these podcasts as if games are played. So obviously it goes with the uh, goes with the, the note that you got to check that uh, on Sunday morning and kind of adjust as, uh, as games get canceled if they do. Well, it's not even just guys who potentially could be ruled out. It's guys who possibly are coming back in. Like uh, Adam yeah. Thielen this week tested good, positive good on yeah. Monday, tested negative Tuesday, and there's been like no news. I mean, obviously the Thanksgiving holiday kind of throws things off a little bit time-wise. Right. But um, like we could find out Sunday morning, like, yeah, he's cleared to play. And obviously he didn't practice this week, but at this point of the season, not to say practice doesn't matter, but the rest probably actually helps more than anything else. Um, so it like, goes both ways of like guys who might be yes. – uh, ruled out uh, versus guys who might be coming back in. We see that sporadically um, when they can bring guys back from injured reserve. There's like three or four times this season that the Patriots could bring Sonny Michelle back, and I've written about him in my showdown article, and then he doesn't come back. But uh, there's just, yeah, it's getting a bit sloppy, and uh, it's just, of course, like that uh, Steelers-Ravens game gets postponed like a few minutes after we finish podcasting on Thursday, so I'm just expecting yep. it to be uh, postponed or moved to, you know, Wednesday um, right after this hey, one, so we'll see. We'll, we'll make the Steelers play back-to-back games or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, doubleheader. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the uh, the Week 12 slate. We mentioned uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh is definitely up in the air at this moment. Obviously, the games from yesterday, those teams are off the slate. The Lions, the Texans, the Cowboys, and the Washington football team. The Sunday night game, uh, Bears-Packers will be off our slate. And then Monday night, which should be uh, an interesting game, Seahawks-Eagles. It's, a, it's an interesting matchup. It's, it's in Philly, but um, you know, one that looks lopsided, at least uh, on paper. That's Monday night. It's funny, Andrew. Last week we had like all the slate was like one or two high score games, and everything was clumped in the middle. We have nothing clumped in the middle this week. There's like <laughs> two games between 45 and 50. Like that that, yeah. that middle range. There's there's very few games. There's a bunch of games that are 45 and under. There's a bunch of games that are 50 and over. So it's uh it's very uh, it's a very uh, different week this week than we had last week. And you know we look at the look at the high games. You've got. Uh, Vegas and Atlanta's 54, um, Kansas City, Tampa, like the, the prime time, one o'clock, uh, my time, four o'clock, your time game is 56, uh, Chargers, Buffalo's 53. Then you got uh, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Carolina, Minnesota, Tennessee, Indy, always uh, kind of in the low fifties, but that's six games that are over fifties. And, and then three games that are over 53. It's, uh, projected to be a pretty high scoring week in, in some of these games. We also have two of the lower scoring games with decent spreads. So one of those teams, one, a team from each of those games, uh, right. at least from an implied total team total uh, kind of matches some of the teams that are in that 50 plus range or 52 range. Like we've got um, the Rams are uh, last I had were uh, minus six and a half against your 49ers. 
and then of uh, the Dolphins against my Jets, who are uh, seven point favorites uh, as of now. But like, so what you're saying is both our teams are in the games with low totals and big spreads. It does not does not speak well for either of our offenses, right? <laughs> it's definitely not a great week for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just like looking at that, like they, uh, the Rams and the uh, Dolphins have, like their games are almost ten points lower than that uh, Falcons Raiders game. But like the um, Rams and Dolphins actually have a higher implied team total than the Falcons. Uh, right. So it's just like you can certainly go team totals or game totals if you're stacking a game. But like if you're just doing which teams do we think are going to score the most points, like don't ignore those low scoring games, the, the low total games at least. Absolutely. That's a good point. And you mentioned those two games. The other games we have, but we have the Giants and Cincinnati is 43. That's about as low we've seen in a while. Uh, uh, Saints Broncos is 43 and a half. A lot to be said for. You know, Breeze not playing, and then the Denver offense, you know, expects a struggle against the Saints defense. And then Baltimore-Pittsburgh, if they play, that's a 45. And obviously, you know, that's a game that's usually pretty defensive. But, you know, obviously a lot of offense players on that, on that that in that game that could play. Obviously, no Lamar, no Lamar Jackson, as he did test positive, too. So um, if they do play that game, it will be with a, with a backup quarterback. Robert Griffin III, back that's in the right. world. That's right. RG3 yeah. is coming back. Yeah. So let's jump into uh, into running backs. We've got a clear um, far and away leader at the top of the board in terms of price right now. Uh, Dalvin Cook, ninety five hundred on DraftKings, eleven thousand on FanDuel this week. They've really like forget it. If you want to play him, you got to pay. Um, obviously, he's been fantastic. We talked on the on the Wednesday podcast a little bit about how it like it felt he was quiet in that game last week. Like everybody played him. It felt like you know we're waiting for that big play, and then you look up and he had twenty nine DraftKings points. So it's not like he killed you. It's not like he hurt you at all. Um, you know, the teams that won a lot of money still had him as he was still really good. But um, he's got 112 plus total yards in, in, in the last six games, which is a pretty crazy stat. Um, nice setup this week. They're a five point home favorite against Carolina. Carolina played the Detroit running backs well last week, but like everybody plays Detroit running backs yeah, well, except for, <laughs> except for yesterday when Andrew Peterson scored twice. But um, both short touchdowns. Right. But like Ronald Jones had 192 yards the week before that. So, you know, I don't think we're scared of the Carolina defense at all. I think with Cook, it all depends on can you fit him this week? Yeah, it's funny um, because when I saw 9,500, it's, uh, I mean, we're getting close to the Christian McCaffrey from last season where 10,000 was basically like his baseline and he was still plenty popular. Um, Cook doesn't catch quite as many passes as McCaffrey, but he just seems like he gets the rushing yards enough to to make up for it. So when I went to build my lineup, uh, I actually didn't play, didn't take Cook. I was like, let me just see what happens if I don't play him. Uh, and I just felt like there was enough value at every position that all of a sudden it was like, all right, I have one spot left and I've got 10,000 in salary on DraftKings. And I was like, oh, Cook fits. Like I actually, um, the, the thing with McCaffrey last season, it was like you were like fundamentally building around him. And yeah. on this slate, um, I think like you, it, it's just easier to get Cook because there, I think there's viable, very, very viable plays. Uh, like we're talking wide receivers in the 5K range. Like I don't think you necessarily have to pay up for wide receiver this week, which is something we've done uh, for a lot of this season. You can, but like I don't think you have to. And I think there's some if you can trust your uh, your matchup matrix with quarterbacks. Like there are yep. very cheap quarterbacks that you can play. That all some, of a sudden some, somewhere somewhere Derek Carr is giving you a, a wry smile. <laughs> um, we'll get to him. So yeah. yeah. So I think I mean. Obviously, those kind of moves take a small leap of faith. But if you're taking that leap, knowing that you also have Dalvin Cook, then it obviously becomes a little easier. And I think it's a little different right now, too, because I think there's there's so few running backs we can actually trust. Like, it's not like you could drop down a thousand like, oh, I just get somebody they really like or drop down to seventy seven thousand. Everybody in the seven thousands 
I can make a point against if I really needed to. And it's, you know, many years you're like, oh, I just dropped out and play James Conner at 7,000. You know, you're going to get 100 yards. Like, you know, got to use James Conner as an example. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you on Cook. Like, I, I, he's, he's far and away the top guy on, on any projections or rankings are right. on my board this week. So, but if you get down a little bit, you've got like two guys uh, that are below him, but still pretty expensive. Alvin Kamara is 8,200. Derrick Henry is 7,900. Kamara is fascinating right now because he scored again last week, but he caught he caught zero passes from Taysom Hill. First time in his NFL career he's played a game without catching a pass. So, like, the key with Alvin Kamara, especially on DraftKings, where you get point, a point per reception, is he's a almost stats of a of a number one receiver. Like the, the targets are always huge. I don't I can't tell from watching that game if like that's the way that Taysom Hill plays and it's like either he's gonna run or throw deep. Uh, they started that game with with them like kind of running a traditional offense and like trying to run the Drewby plays and they they threw that out in the second half and he ran yeah. ten times in the second half. So and that's when he scored and kind of did his stuff. But I mean Michael Thomas had a lot of targets, but Kamara with no catches like it has to concern you a little bit that that may be part of the new Taysom Hill experience here. Yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, Hill was bad and like threw a bunch of like garbage passes to Kamara. Like he had one target. Like there just was yeah. not part of that passing game. Was Hill very... only had five incompletions. So it's not yeah. like he was, it had a huge problem either. Yeah. It, it was very strange. Uh, like following on Twitter and people are like, wait a minute, are they really running a Drew Brees offense with Taysom Hill? Like <laughs> they bring in Hill specific, like with Brees specifically because he offers something different. And then they started, uh, obviously that didn't work. And then the second half, he was great um, or great for Taysom Hill, but um, was, yeah, he was pretty darn good too. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. um, given some other options on the slate. I just don't see how Kamara fits at least in like a optimal cash lineup. Like the salary is really high for a guy who like potentially might not catch many passes anymore. Right. Um, and he does not, he doesn't, he doesn't make up for that with 18 rushing attempts. So um yeah, he carried the ball 13 times last week. Yeah, the game like, they were winning. The game they were winning too. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I think he makes like a great GPP play because there are just so many reasons not to play him. But he's like still Alvin Kamara, so like he can break off one at any time. But um, like it, we are normally paying 8,200 on DraftKings for 13 carries and eight targets, and if mm-hmm. it's becoming 13 and two, then uh, that's a big problem. I mean, I have to imagine that Sean Payton watched that film was like, you know, I have to figure out a way to get to get the ball in his hands. But there's a little bit of doubt. I mean, we only seen one game with Taysom Hill. Like, we just don't know. They, they might be – they're definitely going to be a little bit different. I think we saw in the second half last week. And the other thing with Kamara and Hill is that when they get inside the 10, like Taysom Hill running the ball is a real thing where that was never a thing with Drew unless they were – unless he did the goal line sneak over the top BS that he does in, from the half-yard line. Right. But – um you know, if you're on the five, there are definitely a lot of different kind of run plays you can run with Taysom Hill as opposed to Drew Brees, where it's just like hand the ball to Kamara or Latavius Murray and, and get out of the way. You've got a third option there that's very real in the red zone, taking away uh, chances to run the ball in the end zone. And we saw it last week, like in our humongous one game sample. Uh, yep. When they got right. close, Hill ran it in. And so um, and obviously a small sample, but it's the only sample we have with him playing quarterback for a full game. And you have to you have to at least you put some weight into that. Yep, absolutely. So for those reasons, I would actually – I'd go Derrick Henry over Kamara this week. Uh, Henry's 7,900. And, you know, Henry's the one that – like the opposite of Kamara. Like you don't have to worry about the volume. He's a volume monster. He had, he had 30 touches last week. But you, you're you're always going to get 18, 20 carries. And if the game script works out correctly, you get more. Tough game, though, this week. They are at Indy. Indy's a, a pretty good defense. They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs at on the road against Indy, which is not a good game script for Derrick Henry. But – 
you know, even in their games they're losing, they make sure to get him the ball. He has six 100-plus yard rushing games. He has three of the last four over 100. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play Henry this week, but I'm going to do it over Kamara if I have to choose between the two in this price range. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they played, what is that, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, weird schedule, yeah. 19 for 103, and his uh, normal one catch for six yards. Um, Right. And if you told me the catch was just kind of like a flip, uh, then that's it. But yeah, I mean, I agree it's Henry over Kamara, but I I don't think there's a reason, a strong enough reason to play either of them this week. Yes, let's jump down a little bit, because I think this kind of mid-range is going to be where people are going to find some players. Um, We've got Josh Jacobs, 7,200, Mike Davis, 6,900, Nick Chubb at 7,100. In that range... Um, obviously, you can you know bring up any other names in that range you like, but any of those three guys you especially like this week? Um, like Chubb, from a matchup standpoint, like jumps out like playing uh, against the Jaguars, yeah. uh, Cleveland's favorite. Um, I don't know how many times I have to not play Chubb because of like Kareem Hunt fear, but like that's the only reason to ever not play him because you're like, oh, he's not going to get the touches, but like he gets them every time, um, and it's so yeah, annoying. He's- Really, Nick Chubb is really damn good. Yeah, he is. Um, like he's one of those guys you like see highlights. You're like, oh, there's Nick Chubb. Like he's just recognizing him right away because he's making guys miss. Thirty snaps last week only, which is the one thing you're like, oh my god, Kareem Hunt played more, but twenty carries, 114 yards. He was 19 for 126, a touchdown the week before. So I think it's clear that they're not going to play him 52 snaps, but I think that it's pretty clear that when he's in there, he's touching the ball a high percent of the time. I think it's 7100. In this matchup, um, you know, you're not going to get 30 carries, but I think there's enough upside here. And I think with the amount of times he will touch it, there's a decent enough floor that I, I think he's the, he's my favorite play of the three guys I mentioned there. Um, but the problem is, and we're going to get down to it, Kareem Hunt is way, way priced down this week. They dropped him 1,100 off the uh, off the really ugly game last week. He scored me at 11 yards on 13 carries. But same matchup, and also going to play. So obviously, I don't want to play both of them, so it's hard to pay 1,500 more. I think Chubb is that much better as a pure running back, but the, the usage is it's tough to uh, touch me fifteen hundred more. But uh, I'm very interested in Chubb this week. I think you, I think just there's there's so much potential for big plays. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, if you read Jerry's uh, Jerry Donabedian's hidden stat line this week, he noted that uh, Hunt played all every snap in the red zone That's, last week, and he, I think he had three carries from the one also, which yeah. was like so, so frustrating and why it helped his line be so inefficient but you're like all right well it's not working with the hunt when they bring chubb in. it's like hunt up the middle again you're like so clear that's clear that's a thing now then that's right. that's a real thing in the red zone so like just reading right off of it like it says hunt played all 11 snaps in the red zone taking eight carries for 13 yards and a touchdown yep. um so the chubb thing uh sounds a lot like what you said last week i think that was last week about damian harris just like yep. the snaps aren't necessarily there but like when he's on the field he gets the touches, and so there's that. Um, I mean, the hunt, hunt will like I'll never be comfortable with Chubb, like fully comfortable with Chubb because of Hunt. Um, I actually really he's a, a little cheaper. He's more than Hunt, but James Robinson on the other side of this game at sixty three hundred. I had him just in the next tier, but yeah, he's, yeah. The price, the price seemed weird to me. We um we were talking uh, last Sunday. We were just like. James Robinson is very good. He's like a very good football player and they are giving him as like, it's a weird situation <laughs> that we find in the NFL where like this guy uh, should be getting all of the touches and he's getting all of the touches. Uh, it just matters of how many they actually 
Like how much they have the ball, they, but like they lost by twenty four last week, and he still had nineteen touches. Yeah, like, seventeen you carries. Think, like, you're like, oh my god, they got killed, and you're like, I wonder if James Robinson had nine carries and he had seventeen carries. I mean, they're they just have so little that they're sticking. I mean, they, they're going to Mike Glennon this week from Jake Luton, which I don't think is a, a that's a pretty uh, a pretty lateral move right there. Yeah. Like you're going from bad to bad. So it's you know, Luton was terrible last week, so it's not like that that really hurts you at all. I just. I mean, the Cleveland uh, Cleveland rush defense is pretty good, 3.9 yards per carry, but 90-plus total yards for Robinson each of the last four weeks. And at 6,300, he just feels like he should be in the range, the tier of the guys we just mentioned. Right. That's exactly how I like, felt about it. I don't know it. why he's $1,000 cheaper than Josh Jacobs. That's – I think – right. Like, I couldn't figure out if I, the matchup is actually good and, like, this is when we should play Robinson or if it's just, like, he's a little too underpriced. Um, like, just looking at the guys around him, like, I'm – absolutely not playing Clyde Edwards Elair or James Conner or Rojo. Like those are the guys that James Robinson is priced around on DraftKings. Yeah, and, and those guys have some upside, but like Rojo could play, you know, at 40% of the snaps pretty easily. There's game, there's weeks where Fournette plays a bunch and they're playing Kansas city. And right. They're playing Kansas city. When Tampa Bay's behind, like they go to Fournette to drop passes rather than Rojo to drop passes. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, I, it's, it's hard to play. I mean, Rojo can always go off, but, you just can't do it with the usage. And Robinson is like, you just, you know that he's going to touch the ball at least like 17, 18 times, no matter what the situation is. It's the, I mean, it's, I don't want to say he's Derrick Henry in terms of like the usage, but like, you just know that he's going to get those opportunities. And um, if they do have a ball in the two, he's touching it. Like, it's just, they're yeah. not going to bring in whoever it may. I don't even know who their backup is anymore. Chris <laughs> one in the IR. It's just, there's nobody else to play there. It's just, uh, and, they're, and they're smart about it. Like you, if you get down 10 nothing, you shouldn't go away from your best player. And they're like, well, we got to at least touch the ball. And they're terrible. But um, at least they're committed to him. And the, the percentage of his like his snaps where the rest of the backfield is higher than anybody else in the league. So it's uh, – I think it's 6,300. I think he's a really good play. Yeah, I'm, I'll say that I probably play Robinson over Chubb. And I will say uh, on this podcast next week that I should have played Chubb again. Um. I see a uh, a pretty good chance of some of my lineups have or go Robinson Chubb uh, if I don't go Cook. I think Robinson Chubb is like where I drop down to. If I save the money from Cook, I'm gonna go like two middling guys right there, and I think they both work pretty well. Yeah, I think that's a good call. So there is Kareem Hunt here at 5600. Uh, he was 6700 last week, so he dropped way down. He did score again, out snapped Chubb the last two weeks. Um, I guess at 5600, like he he's very much in play. I just don't think I'm gonna do it. The explosiveness is not really there. Um, I think at some point that the, the Browns are going to have to lean on Chubb a little bit more than Hunt. You know, as they get into games, they're they're in a playoff hunt, so these games matter for them. It's probably not this week. They're playing Jacksonville. You think they're going to not, not have too much trouble there? Although Baker Mayfield can always bring you back into a game that way. But um, I don't know. I, I think if it's 600, he's very playable. I just don't think I'm probably going to be doing it. Yeah, I think he's a fun GPP play. I'll put it that way. For like, sure. I, I, is he could they could game to work out where he scores. He has 48 yards and scores three times. That's yeah. just the way the way they use him in the red zone and you know catching the ball in the backfield. He get four catches and all of a sudden that's great in PPR. So there are many paths where Cream Hunt works at 5600, but um, he just hasn't flashed really well. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So also in this range down here, we've got some options. Uh, we we talked about Gus Edwards on the Wednesday podcast, talking for Thursday. He was 4000. He looks like he's the one guy that DraftKings moved up on this uh, on this slate based on moved his price up. He's now 5,200. Everybody else looked like they're the same. Uh, we've got Kenyon Drake here at 5,400 at New England. He has been clearly the guy in the two games since he re- he's returned. 16 carries, 11 carries. Also had five targets last week. He was uh, He's out-snapped uh, Chase Edmonds. He's out-played he's out him. He's out-touched him. 
New Orleans, New England was struggling really early against early against the run. They've been better the last three weeks, but they also faced Houston and the Jets in there, which with you know no run game, so that kind of skews the stats a little bit. Down here, are you are you going to Edwards at fifty two hundred? If assuming Dobbins and Ingram don't play, Drake at fifty four hundred. Uh, I think Wayne Gallman at five thousand is kind of interesting actually, but there's no like obvious sexy free square names down here this week. Um, what if I told you that the running back facing the team that has given up the most fantasy points to running backs among teams on this slate is in this range. I was going to say, I was gonna, where, I said, where are Detroit and Houston right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the top three uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs. And it's not like a tell-all stat, but it's I right. think it's helpful. Detroit, Houston, Green Bay. The next one is Las Vegas, who I continue to try to f- search for Oakland every time I look to see what the Raiders are doing. Um Todd Gurley, 5,500. Uh, no, eh? I mean, the problem, <laughs> the only scary thing is there is if Las Vegas' offense has been good, if they get ahead, Gurley's just He's a dead. Run. Yeah. <laughs> Gurley, hit, Gurley played 23 snaps last week against the Orleans, had eight carries. And mm-hmm. like, if you're not going to get, you need to get, fit, you need to get like 18 carries from Gurley and the red zone. I just, the touchdown, he, he's dependent on touchdown, but the touchdowns are there. If they stay in the game, yeah, I just, I'm not doing it. Um, I'd play. I'd play Wayne Gallman over him this week. Put it that way. That's fair. Uh, I saw that it, Gurley. It's kind of gross that you'd ever say that about Todd Gurley and Wayne Gallman. Like that sounds <laughs> crazy. But Gallman's five thousand, and just the usage is there. He has he has fifty four carries the past four weeks. Or the last four games they haven't been great, but he's he's the goal line guy too, which is yeah. important there. But Cincinnati allows five point two yards per carry. Like they get thrashed on the ground and. Um, you know, the game script is good for them. The Giants somehow are favored in the game on the road by five and a half points. Like that, even like two weeks ago, that seems crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's out. Um, Cincinnati's cl- starting someone named Brandon Allen, who I think played baseball, but I don't even know who that is. Um, but they, they, Cincinnati allowed 94 yards to Antonio Gibson last week, uh, a bunch of yards to Derek Henry before. I don't think that we think that Gallman is either of those guys, especially not Derek Henry, but. I don't know, usage, goal line, 5,000 in a game where they're, you know, they're fared by six points. I, I think Gallman at 5,000 is, uh, is my favorite play down this range. And that's, that, I just think, didn't think I'd ever say that out loud. <sighs> I think the benefit of Gallman is that you don't have to play Todd Gurley. And it's just, it just feels better not to play Todd Gurley. Right, like it just, right. As you're going to bed on Saturday night and you look at your lineup, like Todd Gurley not being in, it's a very, it's a, it's a very good feeling. <laughs> by the way, Todd Gurley didn't practice yesterday either. Yeah. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so like, he's not a sure thing to play either. I just, I think there's something going on. I mean, that just you look at that line last week, and if they get behind Vegas, it's just, it's, it's really going to be hard for him to get anywhere close to being, being worth it. He, uh, I saw in the player note that he didn't play the final like 12 and a half minutes of the game. Oof. Like twelve minutes of fourth quarter action, zero touches. Yeah, um, it's just if they're if they're behind the game, like he comes out of the game plan. Yeah, like, yeah. There, you know, Vegas has has played well. They're 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 scoring. Uh, the offense looks good. I just I think there's definitely a pass against this Atlanta defense where Vegas scores pretty early, and Todd Gurley's hanging out on the sideline with the you know everybody else. Right. So um, I do this like the blind stacks that I've talked about. Um, I yeah, did yeah. blind blind running backs this week, um, which is how you end up on somebody like Todd Gurley. Um, so uh, in terms of the teams on the slate, just uh, like who the running backs are that are facing the teams that have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. Gurley's one. Cook is two, which is like just helps his cause. Exactly. Chubb is three. I'm going to skip four for now because he's 
Very cheap. Five and six, Gio Bernard and Jonathan Taylor. So, oh, God. Not, never Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing is that the last name I wanted to bring up is Bernard, but Bernard was out in concussion, concussion protocol. Yeah. So if Bernard doesn't play, Joe Mixon's out. Samaje Pirine is 4,000 on DraftKings, playing against the Giants. Uh, Pirine is, you know, we have a small sample here, but he's 24 carries for 102 yards. Not a good game script. We mentioned the game script for Goldman is good, so obviously it's not good for Pirine. But do you, if, if Gio Bernard is out, and from what you just said with the blind stacks, you know, a, a pretty good matchup on paper, do you mess with Pirine at 4,000 with, a, you know, Brandon Allen and who knows what this offense is going to look like? Um, I mean, it's a game script really like it's it's a technically a negative game script but like it's it's still the giants you're right like right. it's not like it's not like you're 19 point underdogs to Kansas City and like you know how the game's going to work out like if this game's close i don't think anybody's going to be surprised the giants aren't blowing someone out right right um so how do you feel about uh taking both running backs in a game with a 44 point total <laughs> not great not great <laughs> Right. I think you take uh, if you do it, you take one to save salary and kind of hope that the game script works out. I I think with Goldman that close, I'd probably take the team that's a favorite and kind of pay the extra money. But, you know, if Bernard's out, there are very few options to carry the ball in Cincinnati that are, you know, still upright with both two guys to the top two guys out. So P. Ryan is he's a little bit live at four thousand. I mean, you can get guys four thousand starting, but, you know, that becomes a uh, playable. Do we think P. Ryan gets like Bernard's passing work? I don't think so. Apparently, this guy uh, Travion Williams is third on the depth chart, and he plays yeah. special teams and is zero it, targets this year. <laughs> it, yeah, the, who knows? I don't. I, it's hard to see P. Ryan really, you know, jumping out of that. It's hard to see P. Ryan getting like twenty-five touches based on his history. But I don't know. Anytime you get a running back that's four thousand and is the main guy, like you have to at least discuss him and think about him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, who is, who's the fourth guy in your blind list, though? Uh, well, we'll get there. But speaking of that, we didn't right. mention Mike Davis at all. Um, Mike Davis made us remember that he's a player last week. 19 carries for 64 yards, only two targets. Um, against Minnesota, like... Yeah, I mean, he was kind of in that range with, with Jacobs and Chubb. I just think that I'd play Chubb over him at the same, essentially the same price, so it'd be hard for me to get there. But yeah, I mean, the weird thing is the catches, though. Like, he was like vintage Christian McCaffrey with the targets the first four weeks, and now that... Some of that's Curtis Samuel, and they've used him. You know, they've used him on those short, the short passes, and kind of out of the backfield a little bit. So they've kind of changed the game plan. But yeah, I mean, it's sixty nine hundred against Minnesota. Um, you can get to Mike Davis, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue hard against you. I, I probably just prefer Chubb in the range, and I dropped down to, to James Robinson too. So it's kind of in a tough range where I like someone more above him and someone more below him. Okay, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> so the other guy um, is Salvin Ahmed at fifty one hundred against the Jets. Um, the Jets have have been decent against the run this year. Not great. They they years past have been much better. It's that people can just throw so easily on them that there's really no yeah. reason to run. Um, but they have also given up the most running back receptions this year. Uh, they're actually tied with Tampa, uh, but Tampa actually stops the run as opposed to the Jets, who just kind of let people run all over them. Uh, Ahmed, though, uh, so this is like a a Sunday morning thing. So Ahmed. Um, is questionable already. Like he's dealing, I forget what the injury was now that I yeah. took away from and, him. And Miles Gaskin been designated for return. So like he might play. Right. So Gaskin might play. Um, if Ahmed doesn't play and 5,100 is pretty cheap anyway. Um, but if Gaskin comes back, uh, he's 5,700, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but like, do you consider any of the Dolphins against the Jets? Because uh, like we said, like, 
it they're it's a low total game, but the Dolphins have like a decent implied team total. Theoretically, they should be running the ball because they'll be up against the Jets. Um, and and also an offense that you're not worried about throwing five passing touchdowns. It's not like they're going to yeah. get their points because it's you know Mahomes is just going to throw for three hundred yards. I mean, you got Tua who is going to play. Got pulled last week. Yeah, I don't believe any of the uh, he tweeted. Thumb injury like, I, or I think it? they yeah, just pulled ankle? him because he was looking terrible. And they're trying to you know find some some Fitz magic and come back and win that game. But um, if Gaskin doesn't play, I definitely consider Ackman. I don't really worry about his injury because he came back in last week. Like he tweaked it early. Really early. It was going to be like, oh, here's one of those first drive guys that gets hurt right away. And he came back in. He had he had uh, 17 touches last week. He didn't do a lot with it. But, you know, again, if you're going to get volume in a game against the Jets that, you know, the Dolphins should be winning with an offense that, you know, like I said, is not going to be throwing the ball 45 times. Yeah, I, I think I need Gaskin not to play, though. I think if Gaskin plays, there's enough, like, in there that they used Gaskin so much and he looked pretty good early that I'd probably just stay away overall. But if it's just Ahmed and Matt Breida, who Matt Breida is kind of off the radar now too. But if, it, if Gaskin doesn't play, I think I consider Ahmed at, at 5,100. What if it's not Ahmed or Gaskin? Like you just said, Breida's not on the radar anymore. Yeah. But if he's if he's the starter, I mean, are they going to uh, share snaps with Patrick Laird? Like he's not going to do that. Your, 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 uh, your cousin Patrick Laird? Yeah. It is, uh, yeah, it is always fun seeing people at least say my name. But uh even if it's not my talking about me, but like you have to think of breed at 4,000, right? You're saying Ahmed and Gaskin don't play. I mean, Ahmed has not, did not practice Wednesday and yeah. Thursday, like not limited, like did not practice. And Gaskin has been out for weeks. Ju- they just are about to activate him. And so they don't necessarily have to play him. They have that, uh, what is it? 21 day window. Um, like, I don't think there's a, I think there's a non-zero chance that Brita starts. Yeah, and if he starts, you got you got to think about it. It's just so weird. I mean, they, he was active last week to use him for seven snaps when a game where Ahmed like tweaked his ankle. Like it, it was a spot to use him, and they just they just haven't at all. Even when None. he's been healthy, he just hasn't been out there at all. He's got uh, his twenty one snaps is like his high on the year. So and that's when they were really they were really leaning on Gaskin. Breed is freaking talented. Like he's so fast, but just he just hasn't seemed to get it. They haven't seemed to want to use him in Miami. Like they they traded for him, uh, you know, pre draft and. You thought like you know he was going to go in and get a lot of carries and yeah. be heavily involved. It just hasn't been. But yeah, I mean if Ahmed's out and Gas is just coming back at four thousand, you got to think about it. But um, I don't know. There's enough options like low enough that I'd probably just go somewhere else. But uh, I just don't trust Miami to really give him the ball enough to to make it make sense from, based on what we've seen from you know now it's what that's like eight games that Breed has been active, which sounds way higher than it, than it should be. Like I, I thought he was injured <laughs> before that, and look at the game logs. You know, he was active and, and supposedly healthy a lot of those weeks and just wasn't used at all. Yeah. So, like, when I was going through, of like, the cheaper plays, <clears throat> like, just blindly, if you look at this, DraftKings salaries of these guys that we have been talking about, it's like 5,500, 9,500 is obviously Cook, 71 right. Chubb. I threw in 4,000 just to make the point for Brita at least, but obviously Ahmed is more. But then it's like 5,700 Bernard, 5,900 Taylor. And then two after that, $4,200 Devin Singletary, which I don't think anybody would play. Nope. And then $4,300 Frank Gore. Your boy. Yeah. If you can't play and Frank Gore in a game that they're uh, six-point underdogs, I don't know when you're going to play him. LaMichael Pirine is uh, is out, so there is that. But, yeah, I just I don't think I'd get behind Gore. But no. Singletary is interesting because the guy that I would probably play there if I had to is actually Zach Moss. Moss, yeah. 800, but – it's still not enough touches. I think I think Zach Moss is actually really good. I I I actually had him in a in my college fantasy league last year when he was at uh, at Utah. Uh, so I watched him a bunch. But 
Uh, I think he's really talented, and they, they use him in the red zone, but I just I, I just don't think that it's quite there enough. Like He had seven carries last week, so I think the splitting is a little too much for me to take the Buffalo running backs. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, and you've got the Josh Allen's going to run the ball in from right. the, inside the 10 anyway, so there's that there's that factor too. Yep. But Speaking of Josh Allen, let's jump into quarterbacks, but first a note from our sponsor, PropSwap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart, smart bettors use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. You see a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get a fi- up to $500 in bonus cash. Use the promo code ROTO500, that's promo code ROTO500, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. So quarterback, uh, we talked last week about quarterback, like everybody really stunned with sudden, like we're off the slate or on a bye. Uh, we do not have that problem this week. We've got a lot of good quarterbacks. We've got uh, we have Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray uh, at 8,000 or above. Um, I have a very strong lean that I would go with Mahomes over Murray this week. The the shoulder with Kyler Murray worries me a little bit. We had that game, like, it was last Thursday, so it's been a while, but like he was wincing on every single pass. And they, they mentioned it's like an AC joint injury and he's going to be fine, but that, that worries me enough where I'm like, you know what, 8,200, I love Kyler Murray, but after he hurt the shoulder last week, he only had five carries 15, for 15 yards. And that's where Kyler Murray becomes one of the elite fantasy quarterbacks is that, you know, those, the rushing touchdowns and the ability to run for 70, 80 yards and builds in that floor and the ceiling. Um, I'd go Mahomes over Murray this week pretty easily, both on the road, on the East Coast, uh, uh, Chiefs at Tampa, Kyler at New England. Um, you agree with that, or are you leaning more towards Kyler if you were to go up, up top here? <clears throat> I'm I'm with you on Mahomes. Um, it's funny, like uh, Kyler is not that much more expensive than I think Josh Allen should be in the conversation now. Yeah, um, I just I went eight thousand above, but you're right. He's 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 right there. Well, it's more like I think Josh Allen is priced close enough to Kyler where you're like, if you if you have Allen, you're like, I'm close enough. Maybe I should just take Kyler, but I actually don't think you should do that this week. Like I think. Allen at 7,600 is better than Kyler at 82. Um, but I also I mean, Kyler, think... Kyler's averaging 12.2 rushing points per week. And I just I, I'm not, I just don't know if he's going to protect that shoulder and not want to get hit. And it's enough of a concern for me that like it's such a big factor with him running the ball. And their offense is so built on him being able to do that yeah. that I think I'm willing to watch this one and see how the shoulder looks. Yep. And that travel and that opponent, like I'm, I'm okay yeah. taking either Allen at home against the Chargers who are also doing a cross-country trip. Oh, uh, but Mahomes, I mean, how do you not really consider Mahomes in the game with the highest total um, at at basically the same price as these other guys? Yeah, and, and Mahomes is like kind of flipped the switch lately too. Like you could tell they were kind of figuring out defenses and maybe figure out a different way to play. And Mahomes is like, yeah, I'm out of here. Let's uh, let's let's go. It's like the last three weeks, 416 and 5, 372 and 4, and 348 and 2. Like – it's just they are they're opening up the offense a little bit. I think that they're pretty much willing to admit now that you know we got to win with Mahomes. And this is a game that I have no idea what to expect the Tampa, the Tampa offense because the Tampa offense the last three weeks have been awful, great, and then awful again. So like Brady's been all over the place. My favorite stat on Brady, I'll get to when we talk to him. But you got to think it's a game where the Chiefs have to score. Like they're not gonna they shouldn't shut it down the second half. We have a like the totals fifty three and it's the implied it's only a three point spread. So it's like they're on the road. They're only a three point favorite. Mahomes is 8,000, very, I mean, expensive, but very affordable. And you mentioned Cook. You, you can find ways to get guys in this week. And um, 
I think I'm going to just ride with Mahomes this week. I, I don't, you know, he's usually so expensive. It's hard to play him a lot of weeks, but um, hard for me to get away from Mahomes at the price. I do like Josh Allen. I do like Justin Herbert, but I think Mahomes is close enough in salary that he's probably my top guy this week. Yeah. What's interesting about uh, Mahomes is that <clears throat> we were making such a big deal about what happens to Clyde Edwards Elair when uh, Le'Veon Bell came back or when they signed him. So in the three games, I'm going to start with the uh, Le'Veon Bell revenge game against the Jets that worked out so well for people. Um, Mahomes has thrown 42, 45, and 45 passes uh, when they have like two running backs. We're like, oh, they're just going to use these guys a lot. Um, weirdly, though, he only has five rushing attempts in the last four games. Like three of those or two of them, he had zero and he had four attempts last week. So like zero, zero, one, and four rushing attempts. And it's not like we consider Mahomes like much of a running quarterback, but like he was getting anywhere between like 20 and 50 rushing yards, um, right. which makes a difference. Uh, so it's weird to me that that for how much he's throwing, like he's just not running at all. But I mean, I guess if you're throwing 45 times and you're Patrick Mahomes, I shouldn't really complain right. about that. Yeah. And you roll out and like instead of getting eight yards in a rush, you get 47 yards. <laughs> in a rush. So like, and if you can throw the ball while you're running left and kind of flick it 50 yards, like why not? To, why, why not, not just, just do, do that? Fair him, enough. So. But yeah, I love I love this game for Mahomes. I just think you know you don't, we don't get a lot of Chiefs games where the other team's supposed to score two and like it just the game script and game flow works out really really well. It should be a really fun game to watch. But you mentioned Josh Allen going against the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers have allowed twenty eight points or more in seven straight games, which is like a ton. And it gets worse because they in those seven games they've played the Jets, the Broncos, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins, like teams that you're like, wow. they don't really score a lot of points. And all all those teams have 20. I know the Jets did it late, and it was kind of a, a cheap way to get to 28. With hey, the, hey, they, hey. They took, they took that safety and got to 28. But, like, <laughs> it's still, like, that's a lot of points to some offenses that aren't that explosive. So, I mean, Allen has been really good. Uh, he was he hit 4-15-3 against Seattle, and he was 2-84-2 and last week against Arizona. So he's playing well. Good game flow. Good total in this game too. We mentioned, you know, with the with the the Chiefs and, and Bucks, we have a high total, but this game is you know fifty three also. Um, the Chargers have a lot of a lot of passing yards lately, but multiple touchdowns in five straight games. I think this this game lines up pretty well for for Allen and Justin Herbert. We'll talk about in a second to, to both have some pretty good stats. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about like <clears throat> which of the two games that we're talking about. So basically, KC, Tampa Bay, and then this Chargers Bills. Like who? do I think people are more willing to game stack one or the other? But it, it almost feels like you could treat this as like a four team game where like you could, yeah. you could stack Kansas city and Buffalo if you wanted. I mean, it's very expensive to do that. So you're going to have to get some significant savings elsewhere, but like there are just so many points expected in those games that uh, in these two games that um, I, I don't think you necessarily need, like, let me just run it back with Tyreek Hill when you can uh, run back a Brady, you know, a buck stack with, Stefan Diggs or something like that. Like, I think you could get kind of creative with that. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I like that. The games are so similar. They're obviously high-powered offenses, and they're relatively close that uh, you can just let it rip. But um, you have to imagine that Herbert is less popular than Allen and Mahomes, right? I do. He's cheaper, but I think he's going to be less. I, I would say that the other two guys have a higher percentage ownership this week, yes. And probably Brady higher because he's actually he's like decently cheaper. Like, he's a 1,000 cheaper than Allen. I think, sucks, Herbert, I, I think Herbert is a higher percentage than Brady. Oh, okay. But that's a, I think that's a probably, probably pretty close and close enough where it's, you can, it's kind of a wash. Right. Hit me with so his Tom, Brady stat. Tom Brady, uh, the last four games, has thrown um, 19 passes of 20 yards or more. Oh, I know that. How yep. many th- he's completed, you know the stat already. He's completed, it's been everywhere on Twitter, but he's completed zero of the passes. Zero. 
Not like, oh my God, I can't believe Tom Brady's four for 19. Like, that's so bad. Zero for 19. Like, that is amazing. That is, it's incredible. Tom Brady, if he has protection, is still really, really good and can really move them offense. If anybody gets pressure on him, he's essentially Nick Mullins. It's wild. <laughs> His YPA under pressure is 4.3 yards per attempt. Like, he's horrible when he's pressured. Not like bad. He's horrible when he's pressured. There's no way around it. And it's the problem that they've been better than I thought they'd be. Most of that's defense. But, like, I thought they'd be pretty average because I thought the defense would be bad and I thought the offense would just be good rather than great. But they've been better than I thought, so I admit I take a loss there. But Brady, if you get any kind of pressure on him, is is not good anymore. And it's, he's 43, so, like, who's blaming him, right? He's like, nobody wants to get hit when they're 43. I don't want to get hit. Yeah. Um, but if you put pressure on Tom Brady, you can't win games with him right now. I mean, what's funny about it is that, like, the Giants taught us that in both Super Bowls. Like, that's how they won those Super Bowls. It's absurd that Justin Tuck or Jason Pierre-Paul was not the MVP in yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Like, every time Tom Brady brought, dropped back, one of those guys hit him and hit him hard, and that's the reason they won that game. Yeah. Those games. Ugh. Those games, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just did like. You, did you root for the Giants in those games? Like, what the hell do you do? Those are the worst. Literally, the, the worst possible situation for me. Though both of those super horrible, Bowls. right? Yeah, like that's terrible. Yeah, particularly like I mean, it's based off of where I live, but like I live in a place where you're either a Patriots or a Giants fan. Like there are not enough Jets fans through to be miserable with me. And right. so, yeah, those, those were just awful. Just awful Super Bowls. Yeah, because sometimes you get a game where, like, you hate one team and the other team, you're like, I don't really like this team. But, like, you don't like either team. That's, hate, yeah. that's really hard. Yeah, it's the combination of, like, I I mean, it's just because I'm a Jets fan. Like, that's why I dislike Tom Brady you, so much. You had to go Giants the first game, though, because Patriots going 19-0 would have been just insufferable. Absolutely. And yeah. what's funny is I was like, I was definitely cheering for the Giants. And then when they won, I'm like, ugh, like, I was just disgusted. Right. Um, the but fact not, that, like, not having a 19-0 probably was worth it. Not. it that was definitely worth yeah. it. And as I've gotten older, I feel a little more mature about it all. But like, I still have to like remind people that Eli sure. Manning like doesn't I'm win sure. playoff games if, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl. And they were like, yeah, but he has two Super Bowls. I'm like, I, I, I know. I get it. It's awful. Anyway. Let's not go there because I'll think about Kyle Williams fumbling twice against the Giants. And uh, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just get sad. And I don't yeah. want to do that. Uh, but so Brady's 6,600. Herbert 7,200. I just want to hit on Herbert real quick. I mean, he has three plus touchdowns in six of the last seven weeks. Like, it's it's a crazy impressive run for his rookie year. He's he's over three hundred yards in five of those games. Um, Buffalo is interesting because you look at it; it's kind of they, they played Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson the last two weeks. So you get like good quarterbacks they've been playing. Uh, Kyler was two forty eight and one and had sixty one rushing yards and two touchdowns against them. Uh, Russell Wilson week nine was three ninety for two touchdowns and and, and had rushing touchdowns. So like they have given up uh, you know stats to good quarterbacks. I feel like. This Chargers Buffalo game has more of a chance to be like a carnival, like 42 38 game than the, than the, the Chiefs Bucks game does. It feels a little more like wild back and forth to me than the, the other game. Like the other game will have points, but this feels like the game that could really go off the rails. I I completely agree with you. Um, so I, w- I will say the uh, Chiefs Bucks game feels like it's being played by adults, yeah. and this Chargers Bills <laughs> game is like just the kids going out and having fun. Um, but yeah, it's like the. What a, the, so the Chargers are this weird team where, um, and it's it's really because of Herbert. Like they, it's not the running back situation. I don't think Eckler is supposed to come back this week. Um, so they, um, like my son brought this up the other day because I was like, oh no, the Chargers are good. Like Herbert's throwing all these passes, blah, 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 and he's like, they're three and seven. Like they're not good. And I'm like, they're three. Like I had no idea they were three and seven. Um, somebody who's like so. Uh, focused on fantasy that like I was just, I don't look at the standings 
like they're dead last <laughs> in their division and they're like they don't win I, games but i'm like i don't care i think i've bet on them in all those seven losses so i definitely knew they were three of them. <laughs> well you just look at herbert and you're just like this yeah. guy should be winning games how do you but throw for lo- 350 and three touchdowns every game and lose because you why. pull out do you pull out some sort of weirdly impossible way to lose each week and you find a way to do it like They've had three games without by 17 points they lost. Like yeah. they, it's insane how they've lost games. But like they could be seven and three really easily. Yeah. But they're they're the Chargers. They are really poorly coached. They need a new coach. I don't like I don't think Anthony Lynn is I think he's just over his head and um, seems like a really good dude from watching uh hard knocks and all that, but I just I think he's a little over his head right now. But um if you're a Chargers fan, like three and seven is probably the best thing right now because <laughs> you have a absolute stud quarterback. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get another good pick and kind of you know, you weren't going to beat the Chiefs in the division anyway this year, so you might as well get another good pick. You probably weren't going to beat the Raiders this year either. Um, uh, they're they're built pretty fun for the, for the future, though, and, you know, Eckler coming back hopefully will be good. But I, I think Herbert at 7,200, to your point, like if you look at Brady, you see Allen, you see Mahomes, you see Kyler. I think this is a week where, where Herbert slides through at a lower percentage than he has been probably the last three or four weeks. Fun. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll jump on board. So two cheap guys I want to jump to, and I don't think we need to mention too many other quarterbacks, but – We've got Taysom Hill at 6,200. Uh, we've got to bring him up. Last week, it looked really rough in the first half, and they, we mentioned they were running the normal offense, and they opened up a little bit. He had two rushing TDs, and obviously he was 4,500 4, last week, and he was a tight end on FanDuel, so like he obviously was the easiest play ever there. But he weirdly like had a good passing line. Like he, I, I didn't expect – like you watch the game, you're like, oh, my God, that's underthrown. Or, oh, my God, that was a bad decision. 18 for 23, 233 yards, and he had like a couple long plays called back. He had 10 rushes, 51 yards, two touchdowns there. Um, that game was at Atlanta, so that has to be mentioned. Atlanta is absolutely horrendous. They just can't do anything right on defense. Denver's the fourth-best team in the NFL in quarterback YPA at 6.7. Um, but the rushing with Hill, you know, obviously is big for his floor. Like, I think you're going to get 50 yards. The touchdowns, you know, who knows? That's pretty variable each week. But you're going to get 40, 50 yards, which builds in a nice floor. Um, what do you do with Taysom Hill this week at 6,200 now that he's priced up a little bit? Yeah, I think we can just forget about him. All like, right. <clears throat> I think it's a range where you don't necessarily need to be in. It's strangely, like, I think Drew Brees should be at 6,200. Like, I think if this, I mean, Brees is down do at 59. But, like, I looked at that price and I'm like, oh, that's probably where Brees would be anyway if he wasn't hurt. Um, yeah, I just don't think, I think Teddy Bridgewater, who's $100 more on uh, DraftKings, makes more sense than Hill. Um, playing against Minnesota if they have have to try to put, put points on the board, which would be weird against Minnesota, but although they have their own issues. But um, I think just the way that Hill played last week has to make you look at Derek Carr, uh, 5,700 against the, yep. the Falcons. I mean, he doesn't run the ball at all. So like uh, that was obviously part of Hill's, um, Hill's floor, but I think... Car is just such an obvious pay down option on this slate. And it's just a matter of how comfortable you can get the fact that it's actually Derek Carr. Yeah. And I think the thing with Hill is like if Kamara runs in one of those two, we're like, oh my God, Taysom Hill was just a bad idea. Like that was a disaster. But he had the extra, like, yeah. and it worked. Um, I think the potential for a really bad game with Taysom Hill is just too high for me to do it. I think yeah. like the, it's built in there where he could have like nine points and just kill you a quarterback. And, Cars 5,700. He was really good last week against the Chiefs. He was 23 of 31, 275, three touchdowns. Weird, though, you look at, like, his game log, and, like, he had under 200 yards the three weeks prior to that. So, like, it's it was kind of ugly up until last week. He's been playing better, but the stats haven't really been there. But, the, you know, the Raiders, like, ran the ball a bunch of those games. One of those games was the win game the win in game, Cleveland. Yeah. 
Great matchup, though. Atlanta's allowed 300-plus yards in, in five of the last six games, I think. And it was uh, and you look at it, you're like, I wonder if they played Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers every week. They played Aaron Rodgers once. Teddy Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Drew Locke. Like, every throw. If, they, if, they, if the Raiders want to open it up, they can – Carr can really throw for this game. I just don't know if they'll need to. But if I'm going cheap this week and I'm going to save money, I don't know if I am yet, but uh, it's going to be with Carr because it would be, for me, over Hill and for over Bridgewater. How weird is it that Carr's two games against the Chiefs, like 275 and three touchdowns and 347 and three touchdowns? And he's looked awesome. And it's not like they were just <laughs> awesome. garbage yards. Like, they, they won one of them, and last week – they were right there and could have won that game. Like, I don't know if they just have figured out Kansas City's defense. Kansas City's defense looks terrible playing against them. It's so weird. It's so but, weird. Um, I don't know if Gruden's figured out something with the Kansas City D or whatever it is. But it's funny. You know what? We we, we mocked John Gruden a lot. And, like, the, the contract was kind of made fun of. He's signed for $100 million. And he just has that, like, mockable voice and the way he acts and stuff. But he's done a really good job with the Raiders this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. really happens. Yeah. I mean uh... – Going back to our like fantasy points allowed, it's all Falcons. Like Falcons right at the top. Um, yep. So I mean that's the that's the draw. They're actually most of the cheap guys are at the top of the opponent uh, fantasy points allowed list. So we, Cars obviously won. Um, the second, at least on the slate, is another guy down here who we talked about earlier. Uh, I can't even find where he is now. Sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah. So Baker Mayfield's 5,300. And we joked, you joked around earlier, like Mayfield will yeah. keep you in a game whether you're, you play for the Browns or not. Um, but we've got like Mayfield, we've got Tua against the Jets. If you think that like somehow that's where the, they, they start going with there. Uh, Herbert is, is high up on the list because the Bills have been terrible. And then the always reliable Matt Ryan at 5,900 against the, these Raiders. You can't go a podcast without bringing up your boy. Who's who? Matt Ryan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, Mock, mockingly, your boy. I mocking, know he's not yeah. Your boy, so. um, but like, they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball a ton again. They should. I mean, and Matt Ryan will either have two hundred fifty yards, and no touchdowns, or three sixty and four touchdowns. There's zero. There is zero in between with Matt Ryan. His stats with and without Julio are nuts, though. Like, yeah, if Julio are. doesn't play. He's horrible. Like mm-hmm. it's the stats. It, it, like this four games where Julio hasn't played. He has like I think he has one touchdown and four interceptions and like no it's it's really weird they've been awful he's been awful without Julio but just to just to hit on Mayfield my concern with Mayfield is you look at the last three games they've been in wind so I do get that but 25 20 and 22 attempts is really rough but it has been bad weather like they it's weirdly like they all three have been home games which is strange they have three home games in a row in the NFL and the weather in Cleveland has been really nice like every other day except for Sunday it's been the weirdest thing like. Everybody's like, oh, well, look at Cleveland. It's just a crap hole, and they have bad weather every day. And you look at like it's been really nice, except for those Sundays. But right. um, I just think with Chubb and Hunt, I think that the the ability for them to run the ball and control the clock against Jacksonville is just too much for me to go with Mayfield. It's hard for me to see. And you take Odell Beckham obviously off the field. It's hard for me to see enough passing to really use him there. Yeah, the the weird thing about um, Mayfield, and you get this a little bit with um, with Carr as well, not as much to an extent, but <clears throat> like Jarvis Landry's been awful and again it's like obviously if Mayfield's not throwing that many passes then Landry doesn't have as many opportunities to catch passes but like if you're trying to stack at least one guy with your quarterback um with Carr you're probably not taking a wide receiver I think there is one guy we'll talk about in a second but like you're just not comfortable with any of the guys that are presumably at least from a wide receiver standpoint with with those guys which I think generally will make people kind of avoid them but 
I think anyone you consider in this range, you're just like, is he better than Carr? And the only guy I thought about was Daniel Jones. Um, I mean, against Cincinnati, yep. you we obviously hit on Gallman quite a bit, um, but like Jones has a rushing floor, uh, usually at least. Uh, his receivers are all healthy. And that, yeah. that the receiver point's key, because I think the key with him versus Mayfield or something like that is that Jones has legit weapons. Yeah. Like, Sterling Shepard's good. Darius Slayton's good. Like, he has, like, some good— Evan Ingram is— Evan dynamic. Ingram, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got—he has guys to throw to in the rushing floor. I, I, I would definitely go Jones over Mayfield and whoever else you mentioned before. Matt Ryan, I, I just think I'd probably go Carr in the matchup instead. But I, I think Jones is an interesting one, and a guy that in a— a GPP at 5,500 uh, with the rushing floor could be uh, could be really sneaky. I like that play. Yeah. I mean, you can easily like build a giant stack. The problem is, is that you probably don't want to run it back with any bangles. There is a couple bangles I might run it back with. Okay. All right. Just because DraftKings acted so dramatically in the change well, yeah. of the prices on the bangles. Like they, Joe Burrow's out there. They, they cut everybody a thousand bucks. It was, it was, it's pretty wild when we look at bangles receivers. But yeah. let's get into receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month Rotowire subscription when you place your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books by signing up and placing your bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You have to be 21 years or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know have a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. So Andrew, wide receiver this week, uh, got a lot of plays in the, like, uh, let's go like, if I say I'm just looking at over, over 7,500, there's a lot of guys that are, that are fun. You've got, uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Keenan Allen, you got Tyreek Hill, you have Stephon Diggs. Um, I really like Diggs and Hill this week, but uh, how are you feeling at the top of the board this week at receiver? Um, I think the way I, well, I'm, I'm skewed by how I ended up building at least my first yeah. build. And that. That matters. I mean, building is that's key in doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I ended up with nobody up here. Oh, really? Um, All right. I think that there are a lot of uh, guys from like forty five hundred to sixty five hundred that you can play, uh, and obviously having Dalvin Cook and possibly Patrick Mahomes makes it yeah. very tough to get anybody in this range. And it's not just Mahomes. Like, if you go Cook and and Kyler or Cook and Josh yeah. Allen, it's the same problem, too. It's not just, like, Mahomes is way above everybody else. Like, any of those top quarterbacks, if you pair them with Cook, it gets it gets really really tough to fit guys in really quickly. Yeah, I think the key is, the key is if you find a wide receiver that you're comfortable with that's, like, under 4,000, like, in a cash game, um, then you can get one of these guys. Like, I think it's basically... Uh, you got to think of, let's call it 12,000 in salary on DraftKings for two wide receivers. So it's either the 8,000 guy or the 4,000 or six and six, like think of it that way. Um, so if you can find one and you're, you're usually much, uh, much better at finding those guys than I am, uh, that'll make it much easier. But, um, you like Diggs and Hill more than Keenan Allen. I like. I mean, I like all of them. I just really like Diggs and Hill this week. But I mean, Allen's just such a target monster that eight thousand. Like, it's it's hard. I'm not going to argue against Keenan Allen at all. I just 
Tyreek Hill has been really good lately. Yeah. Like we talk about, he was like kind of up and down. He's the guy that like either hits the 80 yard or a dozen, and it's just not that anymore. He has six touchdowns the last four weeks. His last three weeks are four for 98 and two touchdowns, nine for 113 and two, and then 11 and 102 and one. If you're gonna get the ball in Keenan Allen's hands nine or sorry Tyreek Hill's hands nine or 11 times, like you're gonna get good stuff. Like he's gonna break something. They use him on those end arounds also. Um, it's weird. Week three through six, it kind of goes to the Mahomes thing. Week three through six, so four games, uh, Tyreek Hill had 21 targets, so 5.25 a game. Week uh, week seven to 11, they had a buy in there, so four games also, 48 targets in those four games. So 48 targets in the last four versus 21 the four before that. Kansas City has changed their offense the last four weeks. They've just, like, not changed their offense, but, like, they've they've let Mahomes do what, do what he wants to do, and it has come with that with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey, and the thing with this passing tree right now is, like, they're not spreading it around as much as you – like, usually it's, like, you got some Sammy Watkins, some Marcus Robinson, Pringle. Like, they're right now, they're Hill and Kelsey, and they are feeding those guys. And if you get Mahomes feeding someone, that's just nasty. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, does the potential return of Sammy Watkins change your mind at all? I only it ask that a, because, because Watkins usually gets, like, seven to nine targets, which is a much bigger number than what Robinson and Pringle – and, and I, I think Mahomes trusts Watkins more than he does those guys too. Like, and the thing with Watkins is, you're not gonna get the big play like you might get from one of those other two guys. McCall Hardman's the other guy in that range, but like Watkins will be there and open for that 11 yard play or the 15 yard. Like he just he's there and he relies on him. So it does a little bit, but I think Tyree, I think Tyree's just just playing right now and they're just they're getting him open. They're finding ways and I just I think he gets those scramble plays and you just can't you can't guard Tyree Kill when Mahomes yeah. scramble. He's just. Like you can guard the first route or maybe the second move, but like if he's just running free, we saw it in the Super Bowl. Like there's just there's no way to guard him when when Mahomes makes a play. And I just I, I think this week with the way this game is built, I mean I I love Allen, I love Diggs too in that game. But if I'm playing Mahomes, the thing with Mahomes, if you play him, you got to play him with either Hill or Kelsey, right? Like you got to sack him with somebody, and that gets it's hard to play Cook if you do that. Yeah, um, I look at Watkins a lot. Like um, we were talking about Brandon Cooks. Like Cooks is like one of the most consistent. Uh, cash game receivers that like you can always depend on catches but like he just never hits the ceiling and that's i mean watkins uh was that this year where he had two touchdowns in week one it feels like an eternity ago it was um, last year but he also had it this year but he also he had, had this year seven, right he had seven for 82 and a touchdown right week so, one, so yeah. um so like i guess theoretically yes he eventually gets it but it just seems like game to game he's just so consistent but like this he's just consistently in this range as opposed to this range Sorry for those who are watching, uh, who are uh, not watching this on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so, what I was thinking, uh, and I, I don't want to like jump into tight end, but we have to talk about Kelsey anyway here. If Kelsey was a wide receiver, would you play him over Hill this week? They're eight hundred dollars difference. Yeah, Kelsey seven thousand. It's it's a good it's a good question. They're really really close, but uh, yeah, for the eight hundred bucks, probably. Eh, so I'd like, probably play Hill. So I, I was thinking about Hill, this. But they're they're really close. Yeah. So I was thinking about this with the car thing because <clears throat> Darren Waller is Carr's top option. Like that's yes. who they go to. And so I was like, well, if Waller was it was a wide receiver, would I play him at whatever price he is? I'm six thousand. Yeah. And like looking at the other receivers in the six thousand range, like I think the answer is no. Um, but Kelsey, like, I think has a legitimate case of getting some, some, uh, opportunities there, but like, particularly in cash games, the, the floors of the 35 to $4,500 tight ends 
just based off of the position are just much easier to stomach than a $3,500 to $4,500 wide receiver that like you would generally never play a tight end in a wide receiver, like if they were a wide receiver, but like Kelsey, you might, but then it's like, do I want to waste essentially like wasting a, a free, not a free, but a, like a cheap player. Cause like everybody plays cheap tight ends and not everybody plays cheap wide receivers. Um, would I play him? And like every consideration I have for Kelsey, I'm like, if I really like Kelsey, why would I play Hill? And I don't think you mentioned the floor on those cheaper tight ends. I don't think the floor is as good as it has been in the past. I think the floor That's on fair. tight ends is it, the floor on tight ends has been really bad this year. And I think I could find receivers. I like more in that range, but yeah, I just, you can play Hill or Kelsey. I'm not going to argue against any of them. I just, I just think Hill is, but you know, Kelsey has double digit targets the last three weeks. He has over a hundred yards yeah. the last three weeks. I just I like what they're doing this with you can't say right now. They're using these two guys and just leaning on them and it's just they're they're both beasts right now. I I think there's a there's definite pass to playing for both of them. But you look at you look at Diggs. Diggs is seventy six hundred on, on DraftKings. He's the only wide receiver in the NFL with double digit points, PPR points in each game this year. He has eight plus targets the last six weeks, double digits in four of those six weeks. He has ninety plus yards the last three weeks and twenty five catches in that stretch. That's not targets, that's catches. Great game script. We've talked about this game. You know, could be you mentioned that you know the kids playing in the backyard. Like this is the game that could go really back and forth. Uh, the Chargers have only allowed 200 yard receivers. They haven't faced a lot of good ones. You look at their game log, and it's not a lot of good ones. You look at like Tyree Kill at 90 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans had 122 and a touchdown. That's like the the two best wide receiver ones they've played, which is you know not that great. We bring Evans in that category, but um, I love Diggs. I love Hill. I like Keenan Allen a lot. I think that what this says is that I'm not playing DeAndre Hopkins this week because he's definitely fourth on my list in this group. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely there. and He's uh, the most expensive, and he gets to fund Gilmore, and he has a quarterback who's wincing every time he throws. Like, I just think – I think the other three guys are clearly better plays to me this week. Hey, yeah, I agree that Hopkins is not there. It's really that next group that I, I'm curious what your thoughts are because I basically ignored it. Like, I don't think um, – like, obviously – we talk about how like Ryan could be 380 or 210, which always makes me hesitate on Ridley and Jones. Um, Ridley's, the, Ridley's the one guy in this range that I did not ignore. I think that he's uh, at 7,100. I think he's uh, a very interesting play too. Okay. Um, does the- I need Julio not to? I need Julio not to play though for that to happen. Right. Just to- right. Although you just told me that Matt Ryan is horrific when Julio doesn't play. But the Raiders are. I, I just like the game script. But yes, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's horrific a lot of the time. But. Yeah. Um, I think Ridley just, I mean, we had nine targets last week coming back. Good game script, a high-scoring game. They're a slight underdog. Um, the Raiders have given up uh, over 100 yards to Tyreek and Keenan Allen a couple weeks, the last couple weeks. I just think that, I think Ridley, if Julio doesn't play, just gets enough targets that he's uh, he's interesting. Do you, how much higher does Justin Jefferson move up your list if Thielen doesn't play? Significantly, just because uh, the red zone, the end zone targets open up. Okay. I, just, I mean, Adam Thielen leads the NFL in red zone targets yeah. to receivers. He has 15, leads the NFL in touchdowns with 11. I just think they get inside the 25, and it's always Thielen. And I think that that opens up to Jefferson. He becomes really interesting at, was he, 6,300? Uh, if Thielen doesn't, I think the Jefferson's always interesting at that price because he, he's, he, I think he has A dots, like seven, A dots up there. Is, like he's just, he's so, he has, he has 17 plays of 20 plus yards. That's the yeah. stat I was looking for. And that's the highest, that's the highest rate per catch. Like if you look at, number of catches uh, that go over 20 yards. He's the highest in the whole NFL. So he's always combusted. But if you take Thielen out of the end zone and they, they just expand who they look for, um, I think he's, at 6,300, I think he's a, a great play if Thielen doesn't play. How much greater than DJ Moore? <laughs> 
DJ Moore has been good. Like we talk about people seem disappointed in DJ Moore, but he has uh he has 90 plus yards in four of the last six weeks. Like that's really good for a receiver. The problem with DJ Moore and the problem with Jefferson is Robert Woods is cheaper than both of them for some reason. Why is Robert Woods 5,800? I know the Monday night game didn't count, but why is he 5,800 in a game where the Niners have no healthy players in the secondary? <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a, I was going to ask you I specifically about that. I thought he'd be 6,800, not 5,800. Honestly, I thought it, I think it's $1,000 off. Uh, I think that's a reasonable um, reasonable assumption that he should have been significantly higher. Um, I don't know. I think he's a great play. I do too. Do you... Uh, do you like Woods? I mean, you got Cooper Cup this week is 6,400. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup's targets the last three weeks? This is ridiculous. 20, 21, then 7, then 13. He had a huge Monday night against the against the Bucks. He was 11 for 145. And, like, his targets are always, like, pretty good. Like, they don't throw a ton of deep balls in. Like, it's always, like, catchable stuff. And McVay's so good at drawing up plays to get those guys open that, um, you know, in a game like this, uh, it's, it's not a back-and-forth game, though. So we have you know, playing the Niners. We don't think the Niners are going to score against the Rams defense very much at least i don't as a 49ers fan i just think nick mullins is a mess there but uh so the problem is you don't get the game script you get with some of these guys but i mean i think i between the two guys i think i just go to woods because six dollars cheaper but i think both woods and cup are, are excellent plays in the price range this week that's fair i like it um i like play them over julio i play them over aj brown um i like jefferson but i'm looking at other guys in this range what do you do with the tampa bay receivers so we talked about how this game is a high total but it's a situation kind of like Pittsburgh where you got three guys and um, Evans is 6,100, Godwin's 6,000, Antonio Brown, who they are clearly force feeding, is 5,700. He had 13 targets last week. It's almost like Tom Brady's trying to make a point. Um, what do you do with the Tampa Bay receivers in a game where they are going to have to score to keep up with the Chiefs? Um, <clears throat> as somebody who makes one lineup generally or more than no more than five, um, I just think that you avoid it completely. Uh, I think there are guys elsewhere that you can play. I mean, in, for tournaments, I think um, they're not going to be unpopular just because that game has such a high total. Um, right. You can, the because they're so close salary-wise, if you're building a chief stack and want to run it back with one of the one of the Bucks receivers, like you can make three thinking. lineups and they're all pretty yeah. similar. Um, I just, yeah, it's uh, for somebody who like, prefers consistency i guess brown just for how much they're forcing it to him um and i do you think there's a point there was a point in the game last week where arians was just thinking to himself like stop throwing it to him all the time it has to be right like i just <laughs> it's weird like i don't care about the Buccaneers. like i'm not a Buccaneers fan i don't have i don't really care and i'm watching the game I'm like oh my god it's antonio brown they're like they're, it's almost like brady's like trying to be like this is why we signed him like here's why here's the point to the point that like gronk is now even gone. like not even he was gone early then all of a sudden gronk was everywhere and they looked good when gronk was everywhere like they were really moving the ball um and then you look at Antonio brown's kind of taken over that mid-range gronk had six targets last week two catches three targets week before two catches like Antonio Brown has kind of taken that middle of the field shorter passing. He had 13 targets last week, but uh, since I'm here to make a, a take a decision and give someone some advice, I'd go Mike Evans of the three. Um, I just think you get the touchdown red zone play, but he also has 20 targets the last two weeks. Um, it, I you could kind of argue four against any of these three guys, but if I'd go with someone, 
Um, I probably go Mike Evans just because he scored in eight of eleven games. They do run those fades in when he get inside the ten. Yeah. I like to use him and enough targets to to boost up the floor a little bit or better than it was earlier in the year when he had those like two target games. So they're throwing the ball to him a bunch the last four weeks. He has seven, six, eleven, and nine last four weeks plus the touchdowns. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Evans. But like I wouldn't argue against you going with Godwin or Brown. Very hard. Um, I you know I think Evans is the right call there too. I, I actually wasn't joking before about DJ Moore like Teddy no, Bridgewater's I- back. I'm never joking about DJ. <laughs> never. That is my dude right there. Yeah. Um, like, do you do you think he's better than the Bucks guys? I think he's definitely like more consistent. Like, I I, I would bet on him having over 80 yards over those other three guys because I just feel like he's going to get the ball and he's priced back up. We saw him at 5100, and that was sweet a couple weeks ago. He's back up 6200. Um, 11 targets last week. That was with PJ Walker. I really like him with PJ Walker, to be honest. I think that. <laughs> I think. I won't say it, but I think PJ Walker is better than Teddy Bridgewater. Than Teddy. Uh, Teddy's a Teddy's a better don't get me wrong. Teddy's a better like overall quarterback, and he does he, he puts that team like a more consistent level. I think they have more upside. I should say with PJ Walker. I think PJ Walker is an interesting guy right now, and he's and he sounds like Bridgewater is going to play. I just like the shots they were taking with PJ Walker. They don't really take those shots as much, but I just think DJ Moore is really good. And 6,200 is a little higher than we had him lately. But the only reason I won't play DJ Moore this week is just there's so many guys that. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to take Robert Woods over him this week at 5,800. So it's just it's going to be a matter of liking a lot of guys in this range. But if you're going to ask me to take one guy who I think scores more points, I'd take him over all three Bucks guys if I had to. Well, you can take multiple of these guys if you don't play Diggs. That's true, too. Yeah, and, and there will be lineups where if I play Cook, you're going to have to drop down from, from Diggs and Tyreek and, and take multiple guys in this range. So, yeah, I think that you go more and Woods pretty easily would be, would be a, a pretty good answer. Um, looking at... Uh, or staying in this range, I want to add Devontae Parker to that list, to the Brandon Cooks list of guys who just never uh, reach their their ceiling. Like he had nine targets last week, second most of his entire season, and he had 18 fantasy points because he got in the end zone. Like his highest game was against Seattle, which um, everybody's highest game is against Seattle. 10 catches for 110 yards. But like he just, it's weird. Like the ceiling is just not there, but like he's just so consistent. 5,900, like, if you get your 15 points, like that's pretty good. But um, like for being the top option against a Jets defense, like theoretically he should be getting some looks, right? I think Devontae Parker is really talented, but for me it's a two-a problem. Mm. I just – I can't see like – I have a hard time visualizing a game where two-a throws for like 330 and four. And like you just want to see some sort of like – big passing upside when you use a receiver. Like you yeah. can see that with these other guys. Like you can see Goff throwing for three thirty and three touchdowns against Niners. You can see Bridgewater throwing for having a good game with DJ. You can see Brady. Like I just can't see a path where Miami does that. I mean it's the NFL and you always get some weird stuff, but like he doesn't look very good right now and they're not building their offense for him to like have that big splash game. And you're not gonna be a game where you can't imagine the Jets score, you know, 30 points where they have to throw it and drop back, you know, 40 times. And I just don't think if they if they don't have to, so Tua doesn't have over 30 attempts yet in a game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, staying in that game, Jamison Crowder is only 5,400 and has Sam Darnold back. That feels a little underpriced to me, um, given how good Crowder was with Darnold. Um, yeah. Over the past few weeks, Flacco's kind of ignored him for uh, Perriman and Mims. Uh, Mims is also very cheap. But what do you think about the Jets situation with Darnold back? Do we know, you're the Jets fan, do we know Darnold, Darnold's having plan? He practiced fully yesterday. Okay, so, um, that, that's, so that's a yes then. Yeah. Yeah, I think Crowder becomes way more interesting with Darnold just because it's kind of a security blanket and he yeah. likes to dump it off to him. 
Um, I'd probably drop down 2,000 and go Mims instead, but um, if I wanted to get some piece of this game and some piece of that uh, that offense. Um, but yeah, I think Crowder is, uh, and, and nobody's going to play Crowder because he's been so quiet lately. And you're right, with Darnold, he's a different player than he is with Flacco, just the way that they the, the way they play. Yeah. Um, the, the I, really, Crowder... I, really, I really like Denzel Mims as, as a football player, though. Yeah, me too. Um, so the difficulty with considering Crowder is that I think they're like, five other guys in the range that you could play. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think DJ Chark, if he plays, he's been, like, really banged up this week. But, like, Chark has a really solid matchup against a banged up uh, Brown secondary. Um, you uh, you trust Mike Glennon more than I do. Uh, well, I kind of <laughs> liked what he said earlier this week. He was like, I have nothing to lose. And it's like... I do like that. <laughs> like, all right. So, like, a, 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 a taller, uh, weirder-looking Jameis Winston. Jameis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, sign I, me up. I love quarterbacks who take shots and take yeah. chances. Throw um, picks, hit my receiver. That's fine. I'm just not sure how far Mike Lennon can throw the football at this point, but who knows? <laughs> um, I think Sterling Shepard at 5100. Uh, we talked about Jones having all those guys back. Like I think he makes a ton of sense. I think you could kind of make the argument to. I mean, he was terrible last week, but like Jacoby Myers or one of the Patriots guys, if they have to score points in that game, you keep up with Arizona. Um, we've got your boy Michael Pittman here, who. Um, God, he looked so good early. Yeah. Stopped um, throwing the ball. It was frustrating. They could not guard him, and he just stopped using him. It was yeah. Just, uh, the way Indy played, they spread it around a lot. And it's like Rivers is – I mean, they were making plays, but they, they spread it around a little too much. But I think Pittman's really good. Yeah, it's funny because, like, uh, NFL depth charts are more art than science. And so when I did my blind stacks, I'm like, wow, the, the Colts are really cheap. And I'm like, oh, because I have 3,900 T.Y. Hilton. Never played T.Y. Hilton in here. Uh, so that's it's ty 3900 now 3900 it's so bad that i even look look. i look at everybody's price when i prep for this everybody (laughs) like guys i'm like oh i wonder his price is i didn't look once at ty hilton's price this week because i am just not doing it it just 3900 yeah i actually just had to check because i was like oh maybe i was wrong um we got your boy tyler boyd if i'm just gonna make all the Bengals guys your boy so can we can we talk about the Bengals right now i mean sure but like you're giving me a hard time about uh, Mike Glennon throwing passes. And then you're like, sure. hey, take the Bengals. Go nuts. But yes, I, it's the same. It's the same, same point. And I just can't believe how much they cut the prices. Like Tyler Boyd's been like around 6,000. He's 5,000 this week. T Higgins was 5,900 last week. He's 4,700 right now. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't think we have any clue what Brandon Allen's going to do. And I don't think we think it's going to be good. But like, Tyler Boyd's going to get targets, right? Like, they're going to throw the ball. Tyler, Tyler Boyd had 11 targets last week. He's averaging 9.4 targets a game last four weeks, last five weeks. I get that Joe Burrow dropped back 180 times a game. Like, we <laughs> talked about last week, he was averaging 46 dropbacks a week. Like, it was insane how much they were throwing the ball. And to the point, like, you're almost like, well, he was going to get hurt because he was throwing the ball. I hate what happened to Burrow, though. It's just awful. Yeah. Because I'd love Joe Burrow and just, like, that injury is really brutal. Bad. Um, But they're an underdog. They should be throwing. They don't have a running back to, like, they're going to be like, well, we're behind this game. Let's just hand it to James Robinson, say, as we're losing a bunch of times. We talked about how Robinson – they're not going to hand the ball to Samaj P. Ryan and Gio Bernard if he plays a ton of times they're losing. Like, that's just not a, a not a path to doing anything. Like, they're going to throw the ball, and if you're going to give me – like, I think Boyd and, and Higgins are just really talented. I think they're just underpriced, but it's hard to do it with Allen. I, I fully get that, but – I don't know. I think T. Higgins at 4,700. I mean, his targets last week, 9, 9, and 10. He's obviously an explosive guy. His 10 targets last week end up with 3 for 26. So I get <laughs> that. But that wasn't even with Allen. You get the, 
Yeah, that was with Ryan Finley, who's actually worse, which is tough. I was going to say, who is so bad that they are starting out. So bad, like, they're going to the guy at the practice squad. Like, that's a a bad sign. So, um, I think both these guys are usable. I don't, it's hard to pick out which one to do. I'd probably go Higgins, just because I think it's a little more explosive, but these are two really good players at really cheap prices. It just, it's so much unknown with the quarterback position that it makes it tough. I I get it. And I made the point with with Glenn that you can make the same point back for sure. Um, Nelson Aguilar at 4,900 as Derek Carr's top wide receiver. Scored in five of the last seven games. He was six for 88 on nine targets last week. The weird thing with Aguilar is like, you looked at the game last week, you're like, nine targets. He looked great. His targets the, the three weeks before that were two, three, and four, which surprised me. Like, I thought he was more involved in that, but it's just he's hitting those big plays. I For those who do math, that's also nine. Yeah, it's also <laughs> really good. Um, super touchdown dependent but yeah i mean if you're gonna go with car and you want to go cheap at tight end you want someone to stack him with i think aguilar's the guy you do it. i mean henry ruggs is the guy you're like oh sexy name but like he's done nothing like, why does he not get these, 12 targets I, a game at least like at least give me six yeah <clears throat> he, he had one, he had one target last week like he had four four three four and one he's playing a ton of snaps too i don't know it, it's tough because you look at all these other rookie receivers and like justin jefferson has been great uh, Chase Claypool scores a touchdown every week. Pittman scored last week. Um, Jerry Judy's had some big weeks. And you look at Ruggs and he's had nothing. He was the top. He was the he was the first receiver drafted. Yeah, like he was the guy. And I, I, it's hard to fault them. He's super talented, but they're not using him like they really want to use him right now. And maybe Carr in this offense is not a guy that you know he's thrown more deep balls he has in the past. Maybe it's not a good fit. But at some point they got to get him involved, right? Yeah, you you would think you would think. I assume he's free this week, right? Uh, he's not totally free. Wait, um, he's 43. I'm surprised yeah. he's 43. That's, yeah, not doing it. Right. Uh, what do you do with a guy who has scored double-digit fantasy points in three straight games and had eight targets last week for 3,700? Is that KJ Hamler? Oh, no. I know. <laughs> no. I don't know who that is. Who is that? Demarcus Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I, if Watkins of, plays, you throw it out. But like, yeah, I think I, I kind of did because I think Watkins is going to play. But yeah, I mean, and if you want to piece that offense, when Watkins didn't play, Robinson's always involved. It's weird. Like a lot of times he drops the plays he's involved in, but he's always involved. Yeah, I think I'm still bitter from week one when he dropped the two touchdown passes. That was that was. A I joke. had him at the showdown. We talked about it. Yeah. But, so I want to touch. We talked about Denzel Mims really quickly, but Denzel Mims is still 3,500. I think Denzel, like he made a couple of plays last week. You're like, oh, that's why Denzel Mims is really good, and that's why they drafted him in the second round. Second round. Second. Um, round. He's top 10 in air yards since he came back in week seven. He has a 16.7 a dot. Um, so a guy down here that's getting some targets. He has 16 targets the last two weeks, getting some targets and deep targets. The problem is, I just wonder if he works better with Flacco than he does with Donald. I agree. I agree. I mean, like. The reason why Crowder works so well is because they. It seems like Darnold is like afraid to make mistakes, yeah. which is funny because he makes so many of them. But uh, or at least he's he's afraid to like take chances. I'll put it that way. Um, and like Mims and Brashad Perriman is a little more expensive. Like those are receivers that you, for that work well with quarterbacks willing to make mistakes, like throw mm-hmm. deep uh, or make tough throws. Um, you like Mims more than Hamler this week? That's a legitimate question, by the way. Yeah, I know. I knew you weren't joking. Um, I do. I do. I think that Tim Patrick, fully healthy, um, kind of spreads out a little bit. Hamlin only played 38 snaps. Like, he still had six targets. Yeah. Um, has 26 targets, and they should. is a game they should be – Denver should be trailing against New Orleans. So, yeah, I think Hamlin's playable at 3,500 just because the game script away works out. 
I think I would go Mims ahead of him just the way they're using him. I like the targets plus the deep balls. I just I'm a little worried about Darnold taking those shots, but um, you know the Jets are seven point dogs. They should have to pass. I think both guys are they're my two favorite under four thousand. Nobody's gonna be surprised by that. We talk about Mims and Hamler, but we talk about Mims and Hamler. Like it's not like they haven't worked out. Like yeah, Mims last week was the last two weeks. It's four for sixty two, three for seventy one. Like that's oh that's double digit points at essentially a minimum price. Like that's worked those two weeks. Denzel Mims was on the millionaire winner last week. Like it's a it's a strategy that's worked. So we talk we joke about Mims and Hamler a bunch because Mims is on your Jets. I love KJ Hamler as a player. We joke about them, but like they've worked the price and they're not priced up. So yeah, I think both are very playable again if you want to get down there. So is Mims the natural runback of Tua and Jakeem Grant? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's not run that one back. Let's no? uh, if you want to. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Is Tua Grant and Parker? Is Grant the runback for Darnold Mims? That's it right there. I think I think Grant's the mum run back for uh, Darnold Mims Crowder stack. Okay. All of them. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Joking for everybody that took that seriously. Joking. Really? Um, you don't think I, that outdoes uh, the Chargers, Bill? No. <laughs> yeah. That or Herbert Diggs and Keenan Allen. Yeah. Okay. Price difference though. You could play. You could play two Dalvin Cooks though, which is key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why you do it. We're in the weeds now. Let's go. Let's go to tight end. We're losing it. Um, yeah, we are. We mentioned Travis Kelsey plenty. Um, he's 7,000 this week. I think he is an absolute stud, very playable. They are feeding him. If you want to stack him with Mahomes, fully get that. If you go cheaper at tight end, uh, usually there's like two or three guys that I highlight. I'm like, oh, I really like this guy this week. I think he's playable. I think it's, uh, you know, whether whoever it is, it's different every week. But who do you like at tight end this week? Because I found myself scrolling through and like not finding my Dallas Goddard at 3,800 last week that, that, that I really liked. I'm not... There's one guy under 4,000, two guys under 4,000 I think are playable, but like, is there anybody here you really like it, it for the price? Um, no. Uh, I think guys, I think Mike Gusecki is a fine play this week um, against the Jets at 4,300. I think Evan Ingram at 45 is fine. I think Hunter Henry at 48 is fine. Like, I uh, wish they were, yes. like, they. I think they're priced efficiently, uh, and I wish they were underpriced. Uh, I think the same applies to Noah Fant at 4,200. Um, I think taking a shot on Jonu Smith is probably not as great this week because those, those other guys are, are so close. Um, the, the guys you mentioned, they're all pretty much the same, right? The same guys. Yeah, absolutely. All this, like you look at Gusecki and like, he's kind of disappointing, but like 40 yard plus the last three weeks. And they're using him a little bit more with two than they were with, with Fitzpatrick. So I get that, but like, you're not getting any kind of splash or big plays from any of these guys. Like yep. Hunter Henry's had under 50 yards in eight straight games. Like, and I get he scored last two weeks, and I saw some tweets on Twitter like, oh, there's the, the Hunter Henry touchdown regression. I'm like, he scored twice on short passes and did nothing else. Like, are you really yeah. that excited about 32 yards and a touchdown? Right, like, right. That won't hurt you. If he scores, that won't hurt you. But, like, he has to score to even be decent. I just uh, – it's – I, I kind of the same way you. I, I think I kind of all in the same range. Um, Evan Ingram is the guy that maybe is a little, maybe a little more exciting to me. But, like, last game was rough. Three targets last game. But he had nine, ten, and ten, and three games before yeah. that. So – He's probably the guy in this range. And then we have Mark Andrews potentially back in this late. He's, he's a little more expensive, 5,200, but has been a little more involved last week. But I think without Lamar, I'd probably just stay away from that situation completely. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And like Ebron against the Ravens, I wasn't going to play anyway. Like I think we said that on for the on Wednesday for the Thanksgiving podcast. But like the guys that I – like Hayden Hurst coming off a donut – um, Zero catches. And he had been really, he'd been pretty consistent before. Yeah. Um, like I – I get playing him. I think it's fine. I think you could play Gerald Everett at 3,300 if Higby doesn't play. But, like, 
playing the nine, like the only thing that the Niners can do defensively is stop tight end or, you know, guys that are in that part of the field. So like only because their cornerbacks are so bad, the team's like, I'm just going to throw against those guys anyway. Right. Right. Um, I think, I, I, I think Everett is, I hadn't looked closely at him, but if he doesn't play, I think that's a really good one, actually. I think he, I think it's fine. Thirty three hundred. Um, I think I think that I think for the price, I like that best of anybody. But Higby would not have to not play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. They I split wouldn't. enough where it's just hard to figure out. But if he doesn't play, um, if he doesn't play, I'll have some Gerald Everett. Okay. Um, I think there will be people who play Hooper because that why not? Like these guys. I'm literally just naming names at this point. Um, the one that like made me perk up a little bit and then I had to come back to my senses quickly. Uh, Chris Herndon is 2,800. This is a guy that like people thought he might be the Jets leading receiver this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I touched last week for those who don't count. Uh, he is not the leading receiver for the Jets this year. Uh, yes. He had a touchdown last week on uh, three targets, which is the most targets he's had uh, since week three. Do you remember what what do you remember what week Donald got hurt? When was it? Was it which game was it? Was it the indie game? Uh I think so. So you look at Hernan, the three weeks with Darnold, seven targets, four targets, and five targets, which is not huge, but like for a tight end under three thousand, pretty interesting. And then since then, three, three, zero, one, two, zero, three. Yeah. So like it's pretty clear that he was involved in the office with Darnold. He wasn't good, but he was involved in the office that Darnold was there. And completely out of the offense without Darnold. Yeah. So, if Darnold plays, if you're going to completely punt the tight end position at 2,800, like you could do worse than getting a guy that the quarterback likes to throw the ball to. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you're just guessing at this point. But like Kyle Rudolph, I guess Irv Smith is questionable. Like, so if he doesn't play, but like Rudolph, n- none of these guys are good. Like, I'm not going to like pretend that Herman what? is so much better than these guys. But like, what about uh, what about Jordan Reed at 3,600? Um. I is he going to play? Like, don't we well, not Jordan, know why he's? Is it not a COVID thing? I guess it's a non-COVID illness. I don't know. I think it's a non-COVID illness. Um, I think he's fine. He's, he's, he's another guy. He's, he's fine. He had six targets last game. Yeah. Um, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are, should play this week, so that kind of limits it a little bit. But the Niners like to use the tight end. He played thirty-one snaps against New Orleans. Um, I think down here at 3,600 in an offense that, you know, needs some help and Mullins uh, clearly likes him. He threw him six times last game. Um, I think Reed's a, a, enough of a talented guy here. You obviously, you know, there's the chance that he gets hurt on series one and never comes back. But um, I think down here for the for the talent, I think Reed's playable at 3,600 just because I think that if they do use him, it's uh, it'll be in the red zone. He can have some explosive plays. So the, the talent plays well here. Sure. But Hernan's interesting at 3,800. I, I, I might look closer at that one too. There's nothing to see is the problem. <laughs> Look all you want. <laughs> uh, defenses this week. We've got uh, get some like we mentioned earlier, we had some like good teams playing bad teams. That usually is good for uh, defense. Uh, I got three defenses I really like this week. So uh, I want to hear who you like first. Though. What do you think the Steelers price would be if we knew RG3 was starting before salaries were posted? Higher than it is now. Uh, what are they now? <laughs> 4,200? Yeah. Which is tied for the most expensive, so it's not like... God, they're just going to kill RG3, though, aren't they? They should, though, right? Like, should they be 5,000? Do you? I mean, RG3 must be like, great, I get to play a game and it's against these guys. Like, yeah. Oof. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, who knows if that game gets played, but yeah, the Steelers are very playable at 4,200, I think, if, uh, you know, I mean, and Lamar's out, so it's not, gonna, it's not a question of if Lamar plays. Lamar's out. Yeah. It's a matter of they play the game. Right. <laughs> but, it's a, but it's a morning game, so it's, it's not like it's going to be, like, canceled, like, later in the slate or anything. We're going to know. We should know by tomorrow. I imagine we'll know by Saturday if they're going to play. Yeah, travel and all that, but... Um, it would be kind I of like, an NFL move to be like, we're going to move to four o'clock because we have all, the, all these totally. COVID issues. And just have teams chill in the locker room waiting yeah. to play. It'd be great. It'd be like <laughs> some sort of wrestling event. It'd be terrible. Um, so the, the other three I do like. I like the Giants this week. Uh, if you're going to get cheap, 3,200 on DraftKings facing Brandon Allen, who uh, we've, uh, we've clearly mentioned. Uh, but they have seven sacks the last three games. Since he's allowed eight sacks the last two games, that was with Burrow. Like they clearly have offensive line issues, four turnovers. Yeah. Let's go games. I think the Giants are very playable. Thirty-one. I think Cleveland at thirty-one hundred is interesting. Again, picking on the new quarterback, picking on Mike Lennon, but uh, Cleveland get after the quarterback. Uh, is Miles Garrett going to be back? I think he's Miles Garrett back. Uh, I thought I think so. so. I think so. That makes a big difference. But they had five sacks last week. Uh, they scored a touchdown last week. Uh, the Jags have allowed twelve sacks the last four weeks. I just think I think Cleveland at thirty-one hundred uh, in a game that they should be leading. Mike Lennon's got to throw a lot in the second half. Like that's a that's a really nice formula for a defense. It's a no-go on Garrett. No-go. Uh, As of a few makes, days ago. but Makes me a little less excited then. But, I mean, they played really well without him uh, yeah. last week. I pulled them off, I pulled them off the, their, their defense last week, and they had, they had a touchdown, I think, on like the third play of the game from Carson Wentz. And I think I texted you like I'm an idiot, I think was the exact quote. But um, <clears throat> And I had to remind you that defensive variance is ridiculous yes. and you can't beat yourself up over it. But Carson Wentz does that like one That's true. That's true. I can't. The downfall of Carson Wentz is an unbelievable story. It's crazy how bad he is. Um, the last defense I do like here is the Saints uh, at uh, at Denver. Um, Drew Lock doesn't get sacked a lot, but you look at his game log. There are a lot of interceptions in that game log. Uh, New Orleans has seven interceptions last three weeks, which is crazy high that number. Crazy. Nine turnovers created. They had eight sacks last week against Matt Ryan. Eight sacks. Um, Eighteen last four weeks. Uh, they're a little more expensive at thirty eight hundred, but I think the Saints are a team that can, can make some big plays too. So those are the three. Uh, I obviously like Pittsburgh if they play and, and with RG3, but uh, Giants, Saints, and Cleveland under 4,000, I think are the, my three favorite this week. Yeah, I think those all make sense. Um, I like I, them more I like them more than the Rams. I, I think Nick Mullins makes mistakes, but the Rams, uh, the Niners, uh, they usually don't give them any sacks. They throw get the ball out pretty quick. I, I like those three more than the Rams. Yeah, I like that. Um, for somebody who almost never pays up for defense, although I did it recently and you called me out on it. I forget who it was. It might have been the Steelers. <laughs> I think it was the Steelers at 5,000 yeah. a couple weeks ago, and they did well, too. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of the Titans at 2,400 against Phillip Rivers with a toe injury. Um, not that he's that mobile of a quarterback anyway, but... It's now he's not running his 4 2 four forty. Right. <laughs> um, I think the, the one that jumped out at me, uh, and you kind of uh, nailed the point earlier... If Baker Mayfield can keep any both teams in a game, the Jaguars are stone minimum two thousand. Um, I think that's a, that's a variance game that you you may as well play. Like if there's no predicting when touchdowns come from special teams or defense, uh, and I realize that like Baker doesn't throw that many passes, so like that's obviously the big negative with the Jaguars. But I mean they're they're literally less than half the price of the Steelers and Dolphins. And so uh, that that helps to open things up if you're trying to get guys like Cook and Mahomes in. Yeah, they're bad, but if you're going to They're really bad. Really, really punt, bad. If you're going to punt going against Baker Mayfield's a, a good way to punt. I mean, if you, if you um, 
I mean, they had 11 points against the uh, Packers because they had a touchdown. Yeah. Um, they had, a, uh, amazingly, they had five points against the Chargers with a touchdown. <laughs> um, so, that's hard to do. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I believe it was a return touchdown, not a, uh, like a, a special teams touchdown. I could be wrong about that. Um, but that is very hard to do. But I mean, it's just the variance there. If you can take, if you can get five points out of two thousand for a defense, yeah. like I, you can't really complain that much. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to go Mahomes with one of his pass catchers and Cook, like you're going to have to do something somewhere. And uh, defense is usually a place to do it because you can you can get a you know a, a return touchdown and you know that's uh, that's it. You know, not something you can predict. It's it's you know, like mentioned, so variable. If you're going to do it, I, that's that's the place to save some money. I will say they have twice scored zero points, but. They have oh, never... zero, zero is very much in play for them. But yeah, but they have never scored minus zero oh, or negative good. points. So we have that going for us. <laughs> that is beautiful. Never scoring negative. I like that yeah. as a. Uh, I like this for a defense. So, mm-hmm. uh, anybody else you want to mention? I think this is a fun slate. We got a lot of uh, like I mentioned, we got a lot of high scoring games. We got a couple potential really high scoring games in the, in those two games we mentioned with the, the Chargers, Buffalo, and then uh, then Buccaneers, Chiefs, uh, and Buccaneers, Chiefs would be a fun game too. I have. I have no idea what the Bucks offense is going to look like. It's just so up and down and all over the place. I don't know what to expect from Brady, so that should be a fun game. But anybody else uh, you want to discuss? Nope, I think we're good. Beautiful. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Thanks for listening all year long. Now that we're in week 12, uh, if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire. Andrew, I am at Scott Jensted. Uh, we'll be back at you next week with week 13. Hope everybody has a great week 12, a good holiday weekend, and take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.